Now, if only we could just go back to the exuberance we all felt right before the kickoff of the Georgia-Florida game. Heck, maybe even the kickoff of the 2016 season, for that matter. But I would like to thank Tony Waller, a.k.a. Tyler Dogden, for capturing that audio of him leading the calling of the dogs from the public bar. That's the name of the bar, the public bar in Washington, D.C. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 63 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. The three of us were all spread out across the country, not in Jacksonville, but as you heard Tony, he was in D.C. for a work trip, I guess. Will Leach, also for a work trip, watched the game from the Wrigley Field press box before Game 4 of the World Series, and I, well, I was simply in Athens at my home. But although the three of us were in different corners of the country, we all saw the same thing you did, another wildly disappointing loss by Georgia. It was actually the fourth loss in the past five for the 2016 season, and also the fourth loss out of the past five years to the Gators in Jacksonville, which is never a good thing. So no need to set up what we're going to discuss, you can probably guess. So let's get started, and quick bit of an audio note, Will recorded this episode via Skype, sitting at Wrigley Field, which is pretty cool to think about, but the audio did suffer a little bit, so just bear with us. Here's Will. I don't have my microphone with me, so this will be a little bit of background noise, but uh, uh, it's, still, it's still early enough that it's pretty quiet here. You're at Wrigley Field, of all places. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I, I, the sad thing is I actually just spent the, the last half hour watching an exhibition Illinois basketball game uh, rather uh, up here in the press box, which is a pretty good sign. Uh, I, if you'd have told me... That maybe I've switched over to college basketball season. Like I think a lot of people have, because guys, uh, I, how do you guys feeling today? Okay, I'll jump off. I'll jump off the bridge first. Um, <laughs> the the one thing, and I'll start with a positive. Um, the one thing I was happy to see is we showed up to play. Uh, you know, Scott and I said last week that if we end up in a situation where Georgia plays, you know, Georgia just plays a middle of the road game, average game, Florida plays an average game. Or both teams play the best abilities or the worst abilities, Florida wins uh, because Florida's best unit is better than Georgia's best unit. Our worst units far worse than their worst unit. Frankly, that didn't factor in other than punting. So, you know, I'll, I'll say that. It w- did not look like Nickel State. It did not look like Ole Miss. The downside is that we still are doing things that just really confound me. Uh, it's clear we don't have an offensive line, and that's not news, but it's also clear that we're not going to take steps to mitigate that through play calling. And put on top of that, we, we just kind of put ourselves behind the eight ball with some play calling. That's that's how you end up losing by, by 14 points, and frankly, a game that just really did look like we were out-athleted, which is hard, but that is what it is. Tony, it sounds to me like you're contradicting your opening statement that we showed up to play because I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw continuing uh, stubbornness and offensive play calling, 13 possessions, seven three and outs, 21 yards rushing. I kind of see how you know you're you're kind of painting with a with a rosy brush, which I think that we need right now. I'm not I'm not really berating you for that, but I, it was awful. I turned it off at the end of the third quarter and watched it via Twitter comments, and you know <laughs> nothing really changed. I, I I hit record on the DVR 
and I told my kids, I was like, look, we'll watch something great if it happens, but I'm just going to follow it on Twitter. And then 20 more minutes, I knew it was uh, it was over. That was a well, partic- no. That's a particularly tough game to follow on Twitter. By the way, there's yeah. a yeah. lot of anger out there, including yeah. from you, Tony. Tony, you were in rare form during that game. I was, I, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty fired up. Well, you know, Scott, let me, let me, let me, let me start this by saying, when I say we showed up, I meant the players. Yeah. The players okay. didn't look unprepared. The right, players right. did not look like they were taking this game lightly, right. or they had mailed it in. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. To me, the, I, I think what you're getting at, Tony, if I, if I'm interpreting correctly. Is the most worrisome? There, there, there are two parallel worrisome parts. One is that the play calling just is baffling, and more to the point, doesn't seem to accept the personnel that the team has. And then that's this, exactly right. And the second problem is, oh yeah, the personnel that the team has. <laughs> it's probably the best <laughs> way to put that. In that you you put. Florida, Georgia, who in a you know in a neutral level, you hear this a lot with the presidential election. Uh, if there were a generic Republican against a generic Democrat, a generic Florida against a generic Georgia, the talent level should at least be close. No one team should look that much higher than another. And I gotta say, Florida to me just looked like they had more talent almost across the board, uh, with the exception of, of 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 frankly maybe maybe quarterback and and the running backs who couldn't get to anything going in the first place. Florida just looked better in every way, and that's that's maybe the scariest part. I don't think I can argue with that. The part about it to me, if you want to take away one one bright side, is that there's a lot of stuff that Georgia can fix with recruiting. The problem I see is that we we don't seem really willing to fix what we have going on play calling wise and otherwise, and that's just as hard. I mean, you know, we I think we all have to step back and accept that right now. Getting to bowl eligibility, which doesn't look like a hundred percent thing, nope. um, is a is something that we that's a that's a goal, and and that's what I'm saying when I say the team showed up. Is you know I don't think you know we, we you know, the the one thing I would say is that we're still doing undisciplined things. We have we have first and goal or second goal from the two yard line. How can your right tackle jump offside in that play? How? We we struggle moving the ball against Florida, against all teams with confident defensive lines. And Florida has very, very good – I mean, they're second in the nation in defense. You can't put it five yards away. And then we turn around and run the ball straight into the middle twice and then try to throw the ball. It's just confounding, confounding. You know, Tony, to to comment on that, the two things I wrote down that seemed to to work or it has in the past, you know, maybe against South Carolina, against Missouri, games that Georgia won, was when our offense actually – was getting the fullback involved. I mean, it's a little nuance, but right now I think we're at little nuances that we need to get Payne, Christian Payne, you know, out in the flats. It, it puts it out outside of that tackle box where it seems like all the defenses defenses are stacking. And that let the one touchdown we got was when Eason was kind of rolling out and freelancing a little bit. And I think really those are the only two solutions that I can see right now to kind of jumpstart a stagnant offense. I mean, maybe maybe institute that at Kentucky because if we show up and go run, run, pass, punt, you know, seven different times like we did against uh, Florida, then we're going to be looking at uh, just a boat race and a night game at, uh, in, at the Commonwealth Stadium. It's funny because, you know, a large part of our conversations have all been about the idea of expectations uh, against, you know, what, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. I'm curious... Obviously, there's a lot of work that needs to be done with this team. But if this team, I'm sorry, guys, missing a bowl is on the table. 
<laughs> like it is without question on the table right now. And listen, you can see losing to Florida. Florida's a good team. You know, they're, they're, look, it's coming more and more clear, particularly with Tennessee's loss, that uh, you know they may end up. They got a chance to, to represent uh, in, in in Atlanta, but. To me, Georgia, I don't know if they're going to beat Kentucky. I don't know if they're going to beat Georgia Tech, and I certainly don't think they're going to beat Auburn. There's potential three losses right there. What are the ramifications in an immediate sense? And this is, you know, uh, this is this may be a longer question. But what are the ramifications in an immediate sense if this team loses to Kentucky? Well, I think you'll have a full-scale meltdown of the fan base. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, at this point that is – that's on the table. I, well, I, I say if you lose Kentucky, I guess it depends on how Kentucky does. I mean, Kentucky has looked much better against competition that is not much better. But still, you know, if Kentucky ends up beat, let's say they, they, they went out and beat Tennessee and go seven and five, and you know they're clearly the second best team in the conference or in the, that side of half. That's different than I think you're talking about two different things. And if we we go five and seven, right. Um, you know, I think I think the short answer on the Kentucky thing is like at this point I think we're all I think we're all a little bit of, you know in the, you know a nihilist uh, place where we're <laughs> like you know all all things are are antimatter in in feelings <laughs> feelings are only pain or something I don't know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we are all we are all uh, uh, it's funny you talked about Twitter Scott because I was I was at Wrigley yesterday and I had the game. Uh, on my computer, but was following along on Twitter as well, and it does feel. I mean, it's starting to feel toxic. And the problem with a toxic situation is, you know, put it this way: if Mark Rick had come back for this year, and we're coaching this team right now, and this were the results, he would have already been fired. Yes. And oh yeah, I think there's no doubt. So I mean, so, I mean I, I, that's that was exactly the the joke I made after Vanu's. Like, well, at least we don't have to spend two weeks talking about Mark Rick getting fired. Right. Right. And so to me. At what point, like obviously this is this is Kirby's first year, but at what point does it turn to? I'm curious. My question: How much do you think? Uh, I've noticed like Spencer Hall has been doing. He's been kind of floating the Kirby is must champ. Kirby is must champ. Kirby is must champ. Do you get you guys are more tapped into the fan base than I am? Are we at the point where people are getting concerned about that, or are, they, or are people still convincing themselves that this is a this is a uh, once that now this is a quote unquote lost season that this is a uh, a necessary step? I, I think it's one of those steps where we didn't think it was necessary. I mean, coming off a ten win season last year, I wouldn't have thought that this was where we were going to be. But the way I kind of take solace in it is, you, you look back at the preseason AP top twenty five. 12 of those teams, including Georgia, are uh, somewhere in a range between 2-6 and six and 5-3. and three. So there's a lot of teams <coughs> Ole Miss. big names. <coughs> Ole Miss. FSU, Stanford, Tennessee, you know, Georgia, Michigan State's 2-6, and six, UCLA's 3-5. and five. So there's a lot of teams going through this, and that's what kind of gives me hope, realizing there's a big, muddlesome medium uh, of teams. And now it's not hopeful for the future. I think that if we, lo- if we go out and lose Kentucky, get boat raced by Auburn, barely squeak out a victory against Lafayette and then lose the Tech, then yeah, I mean, who knows what could happen. I definitely think some coaching changes, which are not something good to happen after a first-year head coach, but that, that could take place. But, um, you know, I think it's kind of a wait and see. It's like, what what's going to happen against Kentucky? I have no idea. But if they continue to stubbornly run the ball right into the teeth of, of the defense and not get a little bit creative in the play calling, especially in the receiver, uh, getting the receivers involved in the tight ends, then 
There will be a meltdown. Here's the, here's the question. Here's the way I kind of want to frame this. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Tony. Well, go ahead, Tony. The, the only thing I would say is that I think it's way too early to make. I, look, it's cute. It's soundbody. It's funny. Ha ha ha. Shut down full cast with with Spencer. I you know, love his work. But you know, anyone that wants to say after seven games that Kirby Smart is must champ with less charisma is just that's just it's just for laughs. Now, three years from now, we could actually make that statement. We, we're if we're looking like this in year three, hundred percent. I'll be on that boat too. But I think what you want to see out of any first year head coach is improvement through the season. And that is the downside of having a very first-time head coach coaching a program like Georgia, where expectations are certainly you get to a bowl every year, and you better look competent and win most of your big rivalry games. That becomes a legitimate question. But to, just to flat out say that in year one, it's even for five and seven, it's going to be really hard to see. To me, it's going to be really hard to see anyway. Legitimately asking for change because at that point you start thinking, "Oh God, we're going down the the Tennessee road." Well, I wasn't saying Kirby Smart should be changed. I'm saying like maybe a coordinator. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. I, what yeah. I'm saying is, I think Will was asking the bigger picture. I got you. Is, is Kirby in trouble if we go five and seven? No. And I don't. No, I, I don't think so. And this is the way I want to frame it. I guess maybe this, this is what it close. Last year's loss to Florida was a clear inflection point. I don't think there's oh, yeah. any question yeah. that after they lost to Florida, not just lost to Florida, but lost in the way that they lost to Florida, that. Yeah. McGarry's mind was made up, I think, pretty much right then. I mean, we saw they played pretty well the rest of the season, and, uh, and it was over right then. In other words, Florida losses do something crazy to people. Uh, do you feel, this, getting back to the state of the fan base, do people feel better, worse, or the same after this loss to Florida than they did, felt after the loss to Florida last year? It's just strange as it sounds. I don't feel as bad as I did last year. And because I think the reason is, is that it was – easy to see that whatever was happening was going to happen and that you know like we were in year 15 and we started a quarterback who never started who with exactly the same package that was not not been working offensively uh with hopes that the same plays would would work and he actually had strengths that that were not even leveraged that's the sort of decision making that makes you say well you can see the writing on the wall and frankly if we're doing the same sorts of things in year three with 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 Kirby Smart, then I think the AD's hands are going to be forced. But we're in the seventh or eighth game of the season. All right. Well, uh, it's a night game next week. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, Tony, you're going, aren't you? Oh yeah, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. Absolutely. I'm looking forward. I mean, Commonwealth's a fun. It's a fun trip. Um, so I'll, I'll be up there. And we had a great time in DC with the DC uh, alumni group. Uh, we had a. We had a huge crowd at the one place we were in public bar. Uh, props to the folks up there. It was, I'll tell you, I'm really glad I was around UGA folks because that, that did, I, I think I tweeted, at least I don't have to walk out through happy Florida people. And to be honest, that was uh, that was a true sentiment. That wasn't being snarky. I did see the one tweet that you said referring to your wife and uh, some Florida fan that came up there trying to raise some trouble. Well, yeah, there was, uh, there was one Florida fan or some Florida fans that came in and and my, and my wife made sure to make to, that that it was not cool for them to come to a Georgia bar and act a fool. <laughs> it was uh, I was very proud of her. It ranked up there with her uh, the first year of Dayton when she uh, dressed down uh, an Auburn frat boy after Jasper Saints got stopped at the one. So, <laughs> it's like, not not in my house. So it was it was awesome. Uh, well, uh, well, I'll have you know that uh, that the atmosphere. Uh, I'm curious where the atmosphere was gloomier uh, at. 
Georgia fans leaving Jacksonville or Chicago, oh, sad, Chicago Cubs sad fans cu- leaving Wrigley. Yeah. Sad Cubby fans leaving Wrigley. That's 100%. Because yeah. they, they have lived in a world since, since pitchers and catchers report that this was their thing to win. They were a team of destiny. And I mean, still could happen. <laughs> it's absolutely. And listen, you know, listeners may hear this after uh, I'm, I'm here before game five. For what it's worth, you know, all, they've got John Lester and Jake Arrieta on uh, their two of their best pitchers against pitchers that, that against lesser pitchers that are on three days rest uh, over the next two games and get to game seven. Who knows what happens? So I feel like uh, it's still it is not over except for it's very possible that people are listening to this saying actually well it's over it ended last night so uh, so you guys will be able to let me know on that but I, I I'm not so sure the Cubs business is, is completely set yet. So so you're predicting an Indians victory tonight. <laughs> no, I'm predicting nothing because I'm literally saying it to people who already know. So yeah. <laughs> there's no upside for me. To, there's no upside for me to make a prediction because this is yeah. The, the, you guys already. It's like going in the. It's like getting in a time machine and saying, "Oh, you guys, you know who I think is going to win this game?" And Biff Tannen's literally got the book right there. Yeah, laughing the whole time. Um, so all right, so all right. Well, we survived. That wasn't too bad. I think we were darker after the uh, Vanderbilt loss. So that's a move in the uh, in the right direction, yeah. I suppose. Well, I think I think losing losing to a top uh, a top fifteen or a ten a ten or fifteen Florida team is uh, who actually has played some decent football uh, defensively in particular is is far less. Uh, unpalatable than losing to a Vanderbilt team that is not going to be ball eligible, unless because they beat us, they are. So. <laughs> All right, Good well, let, let's see how Kentucky <laughs> goes in. We'll, hopefully, we're having a different conversation in a week. All right, thanks, guys. Hang in there, and hey, uh, you know, go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. I know I said I'd update the Pick'em contest during one of our past recent podcasts, but we'll wait until the midweek show to do all that. For those of you on Twitter who have sent in some questions and comments, we will address those as well on our next show. So keep sending them in to at WSLS podcast on Twitter. We will be back on Thursday of this week. I think all of us will be together. Can't be too sure. I could be wrong because let's face it. No one, not even will can figure out or predict his crazy sports travel schedule, but the dogs will try to get something going up in Lexington at 7:30 on Saturday on the SEC Network, I think it's on. And we'll be back here this week to break it all down for you. And please subscribe while I have your attention to our podcast. And if you haven't already, leave us a rating or a comment. It helps more than you know. Um, If you have a couple minutes, it doesn't take long. We would greatly appreciate it. And that's it. Have a great week. Go dogs! And yes, we will see you on campus very soon. Take care.